I'm Jean McConnell, and welcome to Bold New Breed, a podcast for people on the edge. Today we're going to talk about being resilient, not about resilience. A resilient person or organization can get through a crisis, but making it through once is not enough. Being resilient is a state of readiness, a way of acting, a way of thinking. It's proactive, not reactive. Today, proactive resilience is business critical for people and for organizations. And first, I'd like to talk about the importance of proactive resilience for individuals and how it relates to the gig mindset. I talked with a guy in the financial industry a few months ago. He's a tech expert who suddenly found himself on the job market. He struggled, but finally did find another job. But what he did realize was that he had not developed proactive resilience. And the way he expressed it to me was that he had been relying on labels rather than developing skills. What he said exactly was, I think a lot of people would struggle if they were to lose their job because they are identified by the label that is their job rather than by their own skill set. One of the gig mindset behaviors you'll remember from episode two is being comfortable working in teams where roles and responsibility are defined purely based on skills, not on job labels, titles, not on hierarchy. Another person talked to me about what she calls personal future security, which in fact is a different way of talking about proactive resilience. What she said was, and I quote, I believe everybody needs to work toward developing a gig mindset because the future of work is so up in the air. Things are changing so fast that working with a traditional mindset or doing things the way you always have will not let you position yourself very well for future career success. It might work in your current job, but I don't think it's sustainable in the long term. One of the traits of gig mindsetters is that they don't forget to develop their personal skills as they work in the organization. They serve the organization, of course, but they don't lose a sense of their own value and their own development. They know that they are more than a clog in a wheel. A gig mindset can make organizations more resilient, but only if it's truly lived at all levels from all angles. One of the key criteria for being resilient proactively is what we call horizon scanning, being aware of the external world around us. This was studied by the British Standards Institution that we'll refer to as BSI. They defined organizational resilience as a race that has no finish line. I've put a link to their work and some more information about their idea in the notes on this podcast episode page. So, interesting research that BSI did. They asked executives to self-assess their organization's ability to scan the horizon and their organization's ability to adapt. These two things go together, scanning the horizon and being able to adapt or interdependent. And they asked the question in 2017, and again in 2019, 
What was really encouraging is that there was a huge shift in results. It actually made me think that maybe eyes are being opened. Maybe managers are becoming a little less willfully blind as what I talked about in episode three. In their research, the executives they questioned perceived the importance of these two capabilities in 2019 at the top of the scale, whereas in 2017, they'd been at the bottom. However, when asked about how well their organizations could perform in these two areas, in horizon scanning and adaptability, most managers felt they were not good. They realized the importance and they've also realized that they are weak. I found this really interesting because it correlates to results I got between 2013 and 2018 in my research about organizations in the digital age. I asked over 300 organizations around the world over four consecutive years to state their agreement or disagreement with this statement. Our organization can respond rapidly to major events or transitions, such as market changes, competition, economy downturns, environmental or disaster events. The answers were not encouraging. The responses rose from around 25% agreeing or strongly agreeing in 2013 to only up another 10 percentage points to around 35% four years later. I've put a chart in the notes there where you can actually see the details. It makes me wonder if maybe today, now in 2021, the responses would be different. Are executives more aware of these things or not? We will see. I'd like to continue here on the idea of resilience by looking at four different ways that organizations can cultivate a gig mindset work culture. What follows is going to be a quick overview because each point here actually deserves its own episode because there's a lot to say and I have a lot of stories to share around each idea with you. The four points we're going to cover are one, reverse leadership, two, decentralization, three, improvisation, and four, learning fast. So let's start with reverse leadership. Reverse leadership exists when leaders show what I call wise ignorance. They ask other people for input. They encourage a spirit of contradiction to make sure that all different viewpoints are being considered. This is like scanning the horizon from the inside of the organization. And I think reverse leadership can well be the key that opens the door everything else. Okay, let's move on to the second point, which is decentralization. This is something that's talked about a lot. In fact, there's a lot more talk than walk on this point. It doesn't simply mean that people do whatever they want. Decentralization, to be successful, has to be built on a foundation of what I call strategic guidelines. People can then make decisions and determine how they work within these agreed guidelines. The strategic guidelines, of course, need to be defined in collaboration with many people throughout the organization. It's not a top-down thing. Together, the strategic guidelines will make up what I call freedom within a framework, 
And I have some really good stories to share about this with you later. So decentralization is our second point, built on freedom within a framework. Improvisation is the third point. Now here I have to distinguish between improvisation and innovation. The two words are frequently used as if they were the same thing, but they're not at all the same. Improvisation is deliberate, it's extemporaneous, and it occurs during action. It's using what you have at hand in a new way to solve a problem. There's an urgent need, no time to plan, and you have to react immediately. There's been a lot of research done on improvisation in organizations, and I'll give you some links to check out in the notes. Improvisation can only happen in organizations where people feel free to experiment and where failures are shared in what I call a no-blame culture. This makes people confident and comfortable improvising on the rare occasion when the need arises. The results of improvisation may end up innovating in some ways, but that was not the intention at the start. The start was to solve a problem now, in real time. The fourth point is learning, and learning fast. Here I have a story to share about a large global company who took early steps to make it easy for employees to learn. This is an international company that operates in 80 countries. They had already been working for several years to build a self-learning program when we all got hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. The work building this program was led by a senior leader who was also the head of transformation projects. It was a self-learning program they branded in a great way. It was hashtag I love learning, self-learning for everyone. And it was a collection of digital resources, free, available to employees throughout the world. It included micro-learnings on different topics, digital magazines, articles, videos, and all of which are available for people who just sign in. They also had executive stories recorded by managers. These resources are organized by topic into playlists, which I thought was a very smart move. We're all used to streaming music and movies, and we all have our playlists. And when the pandemic started, they launched the Managing Virtual Teams playlist. It was originally created to support their teams in Asia in response to the coronavirus as it broke out. And they created a second playlist called Working Remotely, which they translated into seven languages. What's interesting was they were ready when the pandemic happened. They had built proactive resilience from the learning viewpoint because it was already a state of mind. It existed already, and they could build on it quickly because the framework was in place. You can read the full case study in my book, The Gig Mindset Advantage, where they share their work on another project, which was a virtual campus over the summertime, which was a big success. So we've seen how proactive resilience is important. Being in a state of readiness, a way of thinking that is, in fact, second nature to gig mindsetters. We've seen how individuals need to develop their skills rather than focusing on their current job title and role to stay relevant for the future. We've seen how cultivating a gig mindset work culture and thereby strengthening organizational resilience is based on four qualities in work cultures. Reverse leadership, decentralization, 
improvisation, and learning fast. These qualities will help organizations and people to be proactively resilient. Christopher Kays emphasizes this when he says, thinking about resilience when there isn't a catastrophe going on is one of the hallmarks of a resilient organization. It's not only about responding to problems, but also about how to get ahead of them in the future. You'll find links and data about Christopher Hazen in my notes. So that's it for today. If you have any questions, comments, reactions to what I've been talking about, please get in touch. You can do that via the contact form on my website, bowlnewbreed.com. If you're working on any of the points I've talked about here as an individual or as an organization and you're willing to share, I'd love to know what you're doing. I look forward to seeing you again soon.